quick note before kicking off the first episode of Mass Transient. I talk about the S-Bahn a lot in this episode. The S-Bahn is just commuter rail in Germany and Austria. And if you're not already familiar with commuter rail, just think of it as sort of like a subway, but for people who live in the suburbs. All right, enjoy the episode. Tunnels to trams, with all of the politics and history in between, we take a step into the world of the thing that moves us, the thing many love to hate, and try to see the beauty at every stop on the map. This is Mass Transient. Welcome to Berlin. So let's just take a quick minute to run the numbers on Berlin. The Berlin Mass Transit System is operated by the BVG, Berliner Verkehrsbetriebe, or Berlin Transport Company. Two euros and eighty cents gets you across the Spree on one of the six ferry routes, from Bundesplatz to Alexanderplatz on the 151 kilometers of subway, or U-Bahn, between Berlin's two airports on a few of the 1,300 buses on the road every day, and anywhere the nearly 190 kilometers of trams will take you. Additionally, the S-Bahn provides 328 kilometers of service within Berlin and to the suburbs, but is actually operated by Deutsche Bahn, not the BVG. The rest of this episode will focus more on the story and less on the numbers. So I won't mention a lot of specific years and kilometer lengths like I just did, unless it's absolutely vital to the story. If it's something you really want to know more about, all the sources have been attached in the show notes. So without further ado, let's go to Berlin. The crowd is a mix of the very young, ready to take the night and much of the next morning by storm, to those with young children. There's tourists who are struggling to find their destination on the expansive map covering 151 kilometers or just shy of 95 miles. And you can always tell which tourists aren't German speaking because they find their stop on the map, take a minute or two extra to come up with a mnemonic to remember that one long German name with the squiggly B from the other long German name with the squiggly B. But that's the Berlin of today. The Berlin of yesterday found a unique issue in having to cross a national line. To better illustrate, picture yourself in Manhattan home to one of the largest subway systems in the world. You grab a bagel and coffee, get your copy of the New York Times, and then head down the stairs to catch a downtown-bound one train. Now, you look around, but something just seems off. The lines on the map are the same. You see the same busker as last week on the other side of the fare gate. And, well, you notice the station has never been in great shape, but lately it's it's been getting really bad. It's just not as clean. There's some basic maintenance that's just not happening. But it's the flag that's hung inside the ticket counter that really throws you off. Because the flag, well, it's not an American flag. And after a minute, you simply shake it off. You buy your ticket and you wait for the train. South Ferry, you have an itch to go to South Ferry. The train goes there, but you're well aware of where your stop is. You're well aware of the ID card in your pocket, and you know that you cannot ride this train to South Ferry. You know the guards will see you're not carrying the allegiance of the flag that's hung in these stations. 
you're an American, and Americans get arrested at South Ferry. Now, of course, this is a fictitious depiction of life in New York City. And rest assured, Americans and non-Americans are able to go to South Ferry. Now, with that picture in your mind, let's go back to Berlin, but also go a little bit back in the past. And we're going to kick things off with a little bit of a history lesson. So even though the word Reich simply translates to empire or realm in English, after World War II, there was a lot of efforts to get rid of any Nazi relics in Germany. One of the big things to go was any word that contained the word Reich. For instance, Reichsmarschall was the highest-ranking official in the German army, a term which has roots back to about the 12th century. Today, they're simply called a general. Or the German currency. After the incredible inflation that took place in the 1920s, Germany introduced the Reichsmark, which became a Deutschmark in West Germany and the East German mark in East Germany. Now, the removal of the word Reich came with one really big exception, and that's where our story takes us. Deutsche Reichbahn, the national train company for East Germany. And keeping this name around wasn't without strategy. We'll have more on that part in a little bit. Annehmlichkeiten nicht ausreichend im Bilde. In vielen deutschen Großstädten fährt die S-Bahn mittlerweile direkt zum Hauptbahnhof. Und die Deutsche Bundesbahn ein interessantes Angebot the war, the Allied forces effectively split Berlin into two main parts. You had East Berlin, which was being given to East Germany, and West Berlin to West Germany. But West Berlin had been completely surrounded by East Germany. The services had all been split up into their respective government. Nothing too crazy there. The U-Bahn lines that were on the east side were controlled by East Germany. The U-Bahn lines that were on the west side were controlled by West Germany. But, and this is all still true today, the S-Bahn runs on national tracks, not on the city-owned U-Bahn lines. And when splitting up Germany, part of the agreement gave all the national tracks to the Deutsche Reichbahn, effectively putting East Germany in charge of the S-Bahn. Now, to be clear, the East Germans did not own the S-Bahn, per se. They simply operated it. And remember what I said about Deutsche Reichbahn not changing their name being strategic? Well, this is because the East German government feared that by changing the name of the national carrier to something which reflected East Germany a little bit better, like maybe the East German National Railways, that would probably cause those agreements to be voided, meaning the West German government would be able to say, hey, wait a minute, this isn't Deutsche Reichbahn, this is the East German National Railways and therefore allowing West Germany to take back control of their railways. So, with the East German government now operating all the national railways and the S-Bahn, even in West Germany, most of this had actually been just fine. When this agreement was set into place, they were thinking, eh, it's no big deal. I mean, it's not like they're going to build a wall. 
they built a wall. So with this wall being built, West Berlin is now completely severed off by land. There are a few U-Bahn stations on the other side of the wall, which are now just ghost stations. So when the trains would actually run through East Germany, they would just pass all those stations, similar to when you have a station under construction on any other subway. They just pass by it and go to the next station. However, the S-Bahn still remains a vital part of both Berlins. It just so happens that now the S-Bahn is being run by the wall creators themselves. So remember that Manhattan station? We'll slap that New York Times and bagel out of your hand and grab a DZ and... Well, you can actually pick that bagel back up. Germany also has bagels. So that S-Bahn station, just a minute or two from your home, it's so familiar. But now with the East government in charge of it, it's fallen out of shape. And with each stop on the map, it's basically serving as an embassy for the East German government. Just outside, you can clearly see the flag of the Soviet satellite state. So let's piece this all together, because the idea of this can be very confusing or just hard to wrap your mind around. So let's take the standard West Berlin S-Bahn station during the time of the Berlin Wall. And we're going to play a game called East or West. I'll give you a thing or a group, and we'll determine which Berlin it belongs to. Okay? The police officers on the train. Are they East Berlin or West Berlin? Answers? East Berlin. Now, what about the police officers outside of the train station? Are they East Berlin or West Berlin? Answers? West Berlin. Now, how about the ticket counters and the people operating them? Are they East Berlin or West Berlin? Answers? East Berlin. Okay, and one quick side note on the ticket counters. Apparently, West Berlin had actually set up their own ticket counters right next to the East Berlin ticket counters for the S-Bahn. They didn't actually do anything different. They were mainly just cleaner and more well put together, and they were kind of meant to show the West Berlin people that the government of West Berlin was still with them. However, I wasn't actually able to find an original source of this, so if you do know about this, please let me know, because both I and the internet will thank you greatly. Okay, back to the game. So, how about the station, the dirt that was right underneath the station? Is that East Berlin or West Berlin? Answers? West Berlin. All right, final question. And this one's a tough one. So the station itself, is that East Berlin or West Berlin? Answers? Well, that's a bit of a trick question. Because though, yes, the East German government was in charge of maintaining the stations, 
it almost was a no-man's land. You see, police officers are always involved with some kind of transit operation. If you're in New York, if you're in Chicago, if you're in Toronto, you're going to see police officers at some point in your subway journey. Now, police officers from the west side of Berlin, they were allowed outside of the station and inside of the station. They just were not allowed to actually get onto the trains. If you were an East Berlin police officer, you were allowed on the trains, you were allowed in the stations, but you were not allowed to leave the station itself. And here you were thinking your city government was confusing. This began to fall apart as more and more people were seeing the S-Bahn as a symbol of the oppression that was going on on the other side of the wall. From the get-go, it was very expensive for the East to have the S-Bahn operating on the West, so over time cutbacks were made. And if you were on one of the lesser-used S-Bahn stations, maintenance started to be cut, the lights were even turned off, and eventually entire lines were closed. Thus, a boycott was born. The West Berlin Transport Company, the BVG, began running bus lines which competed with the S-Bahn. It had even gotten to a point where the BVG had put in plans to sort of make its own S-Bahn network by putting in redundant U-Bahn lines. During all of this, the East German government had kept returning to the West German Senate to offer to lease the S-Bahn. Unfortunately, it's pretty damn hard to lease something you don't actually own. But by 1984, agreements had finally been reached to return S-Bahn operations to West Berlin under the West government. Everything had been in such a bad state of repair that the East German government didn't even charge the West to take the S-Bahn off their hands. Now, at this point, I assume you know the rest of the story. The wall came down and reunification began. In terms of the S-Bahn, Today, few remnants remain of the days of a divided Berlin. Gentrification often dominates the conversation rather than who owns what tracks. And not all that long ago, the final piece of the old glory of the S-Bahn was brought back with the Ringbahn. If you just Google image search the Berlin S-Bahn map, it's pretty hard to miss. It's just dead center. It's that giant circular track that takes you all over Berlin. And this is kind of hard to believe, but just in 2002, the Ringbahn was finally reconnected, a day that was referred to as Wedding Day, a reference to Vetting Station, one of the final stations to be restored on the Ringbahn. So grab your DZ, pick up your bagel, and don't forget to validate your ticket. Because today, the weird and the absurd, the business people, the young and the old, the tourists and the locals, all share what feels like one very cohesive S-Bahn. I want to give a special shout out to all my friends and family who listened to the first episode. Thanks a bunch. For future episodes, don't forget to subscribe in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, a review would be really nice. You can find the podcast online at masstransient.com. I'm Noah Kahanowitz, and thanks for listening to Mass Transient 